Hi, and welcome to journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Marcela Kunova. This week, we are in the beautiful city of Perugia, attending the International Journalism Festival. In this podcast, we will bring you the best bits of the week. Before we dive in, let me remind you of our News Rewired conference taking place on 27th of November at Reuters in London. You can now book your early bird ticket for just £140 plus VAT. And if you are early, you might win a memory mic from Sennheiser. Check newsrewired.com for more information. with our first guest, Lindsay Jones, who is executive editor at the Financial Times. Lindsay spoke about innovation and how difficult it is to start deep changes in the newsroom. Lindsay, tell us more. Deep change at the FT newsroom was very painful. I headed up a number of change projects um, over the last five years. The first one was simplifying the print production process. Um, for the FT and um, while that was very print focused actually behind it was um, changing the newsroom into a digital first newsroom and how we did that was we brought deadlines forward by about 24 hours so not only were we simplifying how we put the paper together it was no longer going to be a night operation but a broadly day operation so deadlines um, for the London edition for example were uh, brought forward to 8pm instead of midnight and um, we also wanted copy through 24 hours earlier so that we could publish it online first and uh, that was painful. (laughs) What impact did it have on your newsrooms? When we started it we had a hundred production journalists working at night roughly and um, when we finished the project uh, two years later we have uh, roughly 40 production journalists now working in a broadly day operation with 10 um, on a night news operation so it's really changed how the newspaper was put together but not only that what also changed was that the focus in the newsroom started to become uh, digital first and so people news editors and reporters had to really think about what content they were publishing at 5am which is our main audience uh, time that we target Um, and also uh, that type of copy what, what the stories were for the regions as well what was of interest for the homepage that's what changed. Start pitching for the home page, not the front page of the newspaper. One of the things you were talking about was change that the news editor needed to understand what content not to commission instead of the content what to commission. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, that was, uh, so I think every news organisation is, is struggling with uh, how much they publish. Um, and the FT is no, no stranger to that. And so um, about a year ago, we were thinking that we're publishing too much or people are running off and doing all kinds of different things like podcasts but, um, uh, or podcast video and the story. So uh, what happened was we decided we needed criteria around how does a news editor decide not to commission a story And so uh, we looked at the data and we took as a benchmark, say, 3,000 page views on a story. That was just a starting point. 
and to look at all those types of stories that fell into that category. Um, and uh, a trend started to appear that uh, it could be that basically nobody commented on that type of story and so on. And we would be able to build our own criteria in terms of we could give checkpoints to news editors to say, if the story is, say, being pitched at 4pm and it's not a homepage quality story, and um, it doesn't sound great, um, then we don't want it anymore. In terms of innovation, what would be your key advice to all of those journalists and editors and all these motivated people inside newsrooms who want to start innovation? We do experiment at the FT. Um, I would encourage experimentation. I would say keep it small and keep it focused. So you're not going to harm profits by your experiments. Um, but do experiment, do keep it uh, targeted uh, and see if it works. And if then if it, if, if it fails, that's okay too because things do fail but it could lead to something else that doesn't. Our second guest today is Rob Montgomery, a mobile journalism professor in universities around the world. Rob, what has been your highlight from Journalism Festival? For me, the highlight is always seeing the young journalists come and share their mojo experiences and come for a workshop at 6 in the morning. I had about 12 of them show up. Um, all the pros were sleeping. And so to see them engage with this really powerful form of storytelling um, is always a highlight. So why is mobile journalism important? Because it's a language, it's a literacy that now, as I teach in many universities, you see it's being built in for the first-year students, like uh, my students in Paris and Bordeaux. It's mandatory, and it's News Writing 101. It's learning how to write, report, edit, and share with a device you already have. It is the most powerful reporter's notebook ever invented. And journalism education and, and traditional journalists have to start thinking about stories being beyond the article I'm going to write. Excellent. So I believe you are preparing some Mobile Journalism Awards. Can you tell us more about that? In addition to being a, an author and a professor, uh, for the last 15 years I've been the CEO of a, of a nonprofit that we started in Chicago in 2004 called Visual Editors. And what Visual Editors has done is, is, is do programming where there's uh, been gaps um, to serve basically journalism, visual journalism education. So we, we started the first social network for visual journalists in 2004. We did the, some of the first video journalism from, you know, with lightweight equipment in newsrooms and did workshops in London, Berlin, Orlando, and Chicago. Um, that there's a real gap there to, for scholarship, like we've been talking about, building it into working with university partners to make it a normal part of their journalism education, raising standards, getting certificate programs in place for students as well as educators. So. Um, you start to build a code of ethics, which we don't have for mobile journalism. So there's a lot of things that we think it will, can raise the standards, raise the quality, raise the fluency for this new language. And the Mobile Journalism Awards is going to be the first deliverable. And I sent a few emails out. The director of the journalism school, E.W. Scripps uh, Journalism School in Ohio, said, I'm in. And by the way, I've got some other people who might want to help. Those other people turned out to be the, the deans of four of the colleges at the University of the Film School, um, the VR lab, you know, the uh, visual art. We start in the USA, and I'd like to have the next one maybe in London. A week later, in Berlin. A week later, in Paris. And move around the world. About five or six locations to start. Um, and those screening hosts are going to be the competition committee. So it's going to be global from the start, multicultural from the start, and they're going to be the ones selecting the judges. These kinds of things are really um, unplanned synergies and gives me a good feeling at the start of this program 
Cool. And on that, what makes a really good mojo piece? Give us some tips. Obviously, character-led stories. You know, people stories. Um, I found through my own research in, my, in making a, made a few hundred films to write this book, I had done three years of filmmaking, and it's always the interview-led, the character-led um, pieces that, that have won awards. I've won some film awards in Los Angeles and Berlin with those types of pieces, and it's those human interests, the, 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 you know, the, the hero's journey, you know, and the struggles, and, and really documenting that with your phone can, can produce really powerful mojo. Lovely. Thank you very much, Rob. Enjoy the rest of the festival. There is so much to talk about in Perugia, but one person you absolutely have to catch up with is Inga Thorda, who is an executive editor at CNN Digital International. Inga, you've been talking a lot about innovation in newsroom. Can you tell us more what you did and what is your kind of key message about innovation in media industry? There's the underlying change that needs to happen for um, any sort of legacy media organization to move forward into the new era. Um, then there's the sort of growth that we can create in the in the interim, sort of reaching new audiences with a, a different method, distribution method, or, or different revenue models. And then there's the sort of innovation projects on top of that, you know. Um, and we try to be selective and strategic about what kind of innovation projects we do. They don't all have to be something, you know, bright, shiny things that we, we launch or, or something. They can also be different ways of doing storytelling like we did with our James Brown story which is a 30,000 word story very different from what CNN normally does you know it's also understanding that when you've tried something sort of on the innovation front that isn't working or isn't to the point that you were doing then stop you know because otherwise you're not piloting you're not trying you're actually just starting to do things and if there's not a reason for it anymore or it doesn't serve the purpose that you were you set out with and I think learning how to stop is a very valuable um, thing for us in newsrooms now where resources are limited. That's very interesting. You also champion women in the uh, news media industry. Can you briefly explain to us what the problem is and what we as women can do to, to help the situation? Yeah, um, I really want to stress that I champion all good journalists, um, but we definitely have um, a bit of a, an imbalance in terms of, um, and I, I say this especially sort of at leadership level, an imbalance in, in how uh, women are represented in newsrooms everywhere. I mean, I'm lucky at CNN, we do have quite a lot of senior women, um, both women that um, uh, one of my bosses is a woman and, uh, you know, somebody that we can, you know, that I can use as a role model, but equally at sort of my level, there are a lot of women that others can see as a role model. But, you know, in the industry as a whole, we are definitely lacking women and, um, and it's something that we have to think about. And then there's the representation of women in our coverage, in our, in our um, stories and how we do that and how we deal with gender based stories as well is another factor and I think by getting more diverse newsrooms by having you know better representation of all these people in the room where these decisions are being made we will make better journalism mm -hmm. that is very true um, I mean you've been speaking about several panels and obviously you've been attending other sessions what was the highlight for you oh it's always so difficult to just pick one because Perugia is one of my favorite festivals and and you know uh, there's a there's so many topics that we talk about but I think um, you know I want to mention one because I do think that we're living through extraordinary times at the moment with everything that's happening in here in Europe with brexit and the European Union and then the the sort of populism uh, around the world and stuff so I did enjoy listening to how history you know sort of uh, interacts with news and this was a panel led by Natalia Antelava from coda story because I th do think that sometimes in news we tend to go after the new thing all the time but actually we are in many ways seeing um, 
history repeat itself and and so I thought that it was extraordinarily interesting to see how they're sort of intersecting um, history with news and, and something that you know I might go back and read a little bit more about history now that's very good and what would be kind of key message you would like our listeners to to hear that journalism still matters you know, uh, some of the best journalism in decades is being done right now. But, you know, the industry is in a crisis. But, you know, I just want everyone not to lose faith in the in what we're doing because there are so many dedicated people out there, so many people doing exceptional work right now. Um, so I would really hope that, you know, if Perucha gives you everything, is that it's there is still an incredible hope and fight going on for this industry that is so important, especially in today's world with everything that's happening. Thank you for this inspirational world. I'm sure loads of people agree with that. So thank you and enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you. There is so much more we can talk about. The International Journalism Festival in Perugia is on until Sunday and you will be able to find more coverage on journalism.co.uk. That's all for me. Arrivederci from Perugia and see you soon. Bye. Thank you.